0: This is the Bates Bobcast, our weekly podcast that takes a look at the week that was in Bates athletics. My name is Aaron Morse, and after a week away, we are back with all the latest news about your favorite Bobcats. Men's track and field swept all three state meets again this year with their victory Saturday in the Maine State Classic. Plus, baseball played one of their strongest series of the season, sweeping aside Skidmore. And this Saturday and Sunday, Bates hosts the NESCAC Men's Golf Championship. We have the full preview. All that and more coming up on the Bates Bobcast. the 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 men's track and field team completed its season sweep of the state meets with a victory in the Maine State Classic hosted by St. Joseph's College on Saturday. The Bobcats scored 231 points as a team, easily defeating runner-up Bowden for the Frank E. Lowe Trophy. Bates has won three straight outdoor state titles and 17 of the last 20. With few exceptions, the Maine State Classic has been held every year since 1895. Bates also swept the MVP awards, with senior captain Liam Byrne being named the most valuable field athlete and sophomore Aiden Rooney earning most valuable track athlete honors. Rooney is the first Bobcat to win the Most Valuable Track Athlete Award at the Outdoor State Meet since 2006. Well, Aiden, first of all, I mean, you know, another state title for the men. Just kind of take us through your general observations kind of of the meet and how you guys did.
1: We did really well as a team. I think we all showed up in a real, like, kind of stressful week, which was finals week. And I think we went out there and showed that we're still a dominant team in Maine and we're ready for NESCAS.
0: So what was it like to win the uh, Most Valuable Track Athlete Award?
1: I was... It was pretty cool. Honestly, uh, I really wasn't expecting it. I, you know, I went out and did my job in the 800 and then came back for the 4x4, but it was really a team job. Everyone did their job today, and it just showed, yet again, a dominant performance, and I just happened to be that person who scooped up that MVP. The 4x4 relay,
0: kind of take us through how that went at Maine State Classic. Um, you know, Obviously, you, a know, you, couple first years, in a junior as well.
1: Yeah, so we had two first years take it off who ran really, really solid legs. They took it off. They... They were in the lead from the gun, and once I got the stick, I had, like, a 50-meter lead. So, like I said, all I had to do was just take it, run, and I had fun with it. I was smiling on that one lap, and it was good.
0: And then uh, for you, take us through kind of the 800 and how that race went from your perspective.
1: The 800, I kind of sat back a little bit. I probably should have taken it out, but I sat back a couple spots behind, let the other guys take the first lap, and then once we went through the first 400, I was ready to take it, and I kind of just took it from there.
0: Well, take us back, I mean, growing up, how did you first get
1: into running, just in general? Uh, I kind of just heard about cross country, did a cross country season, kind of liked it, and then realized, you know, cross country maybe isn't for me, but I still love to run, so I'll do cross country track, and I got into a little bit more sprinting, and it was fun.
0: And what made Bates the place for you when you are looking at colleges?
1: Funny enough, uh, my admissions counselor in uh, high school was like, you know, you should go up to Maine, take a look at Colby, and he's like, you know, you might as well take a look at Bates while you're up there, too. So I was like, took a look at Bates, and I was like, oh, it just doesn't compare to Colby. So I was like, this was the spot.
0: Excellent. And then, um, I mean, you've had an immediate impact on the team. You the know, you know, last year, the first year, you uh, were part of the big, uh, big DMR performance and everything. Uh, so what's it been like to, you know, be a contributor from day one, sort
1: of? Uh, it's been, honestly, pretty unique. Like, uh, I wasn't a huge, huge uh, contributor in high school, but, like, now it's like pretty cool like I feel like I've put in a lot more work than high school and it just feels good to run well and help the team out it always does
0: and so you it sounds like you prefer track over cross country even though you did run cross country right Mm -hmm. for us
1: yeah I prefer track a little bit more Mm -hmm. uh I love cross country love those long distances but sometimes (laughs) when you're out there for five miles it's not too much fun
0: now we got Nescax here this weekend um well not here but at Connecticut College Last year, obviously, I know the team was really disappointed because a lot of people were ill. Uh, this year, it sounds like we're all pretty healthy, pretty excited for this meet coming up.
1: Yeah, I think we're really excited. I think we're gonna be able to show like that last year's performance was a fluke, was just because we're sick. And uh, I think everyone's gonna go out there and put on a big performance. A lot of people are gonna be peaking this week, and it's gonna be a lot of fun. I'm really excited.
0: What are we gonna see you in this weekend?
1: I'll be in the 15 and 4 by 8.
0: Fifteen and the four by eight. Okay, so a little bit different look, kind of. I mean, compared to this past week, how do you guys work with the coaches about what you're going to be running each week?
1: Uh, kind of just where the times lead up mm-hmm. in the in the season, like like what I ran in the eight. Just I guess like in the Nescac wasn't as well as what I ran in the fifteen. Mm-hmm. So I'm going for the fifteen. I'll be in a faster heat and hopefully score some points, help the team out, get as get us you know just as high up in the Nescac pole as we can. Great.
0: Well, any of thoughts you wanted to share about the Main State Classic and another title for the men?
1: Uh, just, uh, just a three-peat for the year, and uh, we're doing what we're doing. Just show up. There you go.
0: Aiden Rooney, thanks so much. Thank you. The men's team wasn't the only squad finishing first place on Saturday. The women's track and field team took first out of nine at the Pine Tree Relays, also hosted by St. Joe's. Senior Frida Kicklighter won the 5K for Bates in a personal record time of 18 minutes, 18.69 seconds. It's a spring of firsts for the senior as she competes in the 10K for the first time ever this Saturday at the NESCAC Championships. And Frida Kicklighter is our female Bobcat of the week. Well, Frida, victorious there. The Pine Tree Relays for the Bobcats. You in the 5K, a PR. Take us through the race from your perspective. I know you, you got 1-2 with a teammate, right?
2: Yes. So there weren't many people entered in the race. And last weekend... I didn't have a great race in the 5K, so I was really trying to get my time down so I could qualify for New England's. And in cross country, I ran, like, 1820, so I was hoping to, like, beat that on a flat track. But I was running alone, and it was nice just to kind of go out there and try to see what I could do that day, and I was really happy with my results. So
0: Yeah, take us through kind of the key points in the race maybe from your perspective.
2: Yeah, I kind of just honestly zoned out, and um, I took it out a little slower than I did last week just to, like, go out a little more conservative so I would feel good. And honestly, like, I guess just – I was trying to be consistent, so each lap my coach would try to make me hit the same time, which was awesome because he was at the 400 for me. So just, like, being consistent throughout the race, that really helped me, like, get through it mentally.
0: And the team got first place at the relays. Um, I assume you got to watch some other events. So what were some things that stood out to you maybe?
2: Um, The 800 was really fun to watch. Um, My friend Chrissy, she also won that, so that was really exciting. And um, I think they went 2-3 with, like, Rowan and Jill, or maybe 3-4. But that was awesome, so.
0: Yeah, the 800, I mean, Chrissy's had a really good outdoor season, it seems like, right? Yeah. So you're good friends with her?
2: Yeah, she's been sick for indoor and most of outdoor, but now she's back. So it's exciting to see her uh, be able to compete so well, so.
0: Excellent. And then um, this weekend, we have a big meet, Mm -hmm. the NESCAC Championships. And you told me off air, you're running a race you've never run before. Take us through the 10K and how you're preparing.
2: Yeah, I'm running the 10K this weekend, which is definitely going to be, I guess, exciting, but also Possibly difficult. It's going to be the longest race I've ever run, um, but I'm excited because I consider myself to be more of a distance runner than a mid D runner. So I'm excited to see what I can do, and I'll be running with my, um, like I call her my running buddy Phoebe. So because we usually race together, so I'm excited.
0: Great, and I mean, how are you preparing this week?
2: Um, I have a long run today. We I, we have an easier workout on Wednesday, which will be nice, just so my legs feel fresh. So that'll be good.
0: And then, um, being a senior, but take us back, maybe. When you're looking at colleges coming from Alabama? Yes. What made Bates the place for you?
2: Um, I really liked uh, the coaches, Coach Jay and Coach Art. Um, I love working with Coach Feldman now. Um, He's awesome. But also just like the team. Um, I met some of the members, and it just seemed perfect for me. And also they have a good art department, and I like that I can also be a student and an athlete, so it's nice.
0: We don't get a ton of students from Alabama, so how did Bates kind of get on your radar maybe?
2: Um, I was looking at liberal arts schools. I knew I wanted to go to the Northeast, so... I went and drove up and toured all of them, and Bates was one of my top choices. So,
0: and you were all NESCAC and cross country this year. Here as a senior, so what really came together for you personally during cross country season?
2: Um, I think just the team dynamic got. I missed cross country last season, and I haven't had it since freshman year. Um, So just like coming back into such a like great team, and it's definitely just like a pack mentality. Like we all race together and really push each other. So it's nice that we just are able to do workouts and races each weekend and just see what we can do together as a team rather than always being so individual because in high school is a lot more individual just trying to run for college so
0: and then you mentioned um you're into studio art is that right yeah (laughs) so take us through kind of that um and how you first got involved you know what your passion for art perhaps
2: yeah my dad was an art teacher so I knew I always kind of wanted to do art um but now I'm going to architecture school next year so I'm looking forward to that um but we just finished our like studio thesis and um, but yeah, I kind of knew since freshman year that I wanted to do something with art, but I didn't know it would be architecture. So I'm excited to see what that will be like next year. And where's that? Uh, I'll be going to Yale next year for architecture. Oh, Yale. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Nice,
0: nice. Yeah. So what was that process like getting into Yale?
2: Um, it was a lot. I was applying during the cross country season, so I was a lot of like essay writing and things like that. So
0: <laughs> excellent. And then uh, growing up, uh, how did you get you know involved in running specifically?
2: I had a PE coach in sixth grade, and she told me that I looked fast. Um, during one of our, like, PE games or something. So she was like, you need to go run with me, and I would run with her. And then the high school coach, I went to, like, a Catholic school, and then the Catholic high school was right next door to us, and he saw me, and he was like, you have to come join next year because you could join in seventh grade, so that's when I did.
0: <laughs> oh, so you started running with high schoolers in seventh grade? In seventh
2: grade, yeah. So <laughs> what's
0: that like going up against people who are like much older than you?
2: It was really fun just because, like, I – Liked beating them, so I was excited when I could beat them. But the younger people are honestly always pretty fast coming in, just because they're like they have fresh legs, I think. So,
0: was it mostly cross country for you in high school, or was there track also? There
2: was track too, but cross country was definitely what I was better at. So,
0: gotcha. And then, so what's it like, you know, being in season? I mean, we've had some weird years for the senior class here at Bates, but in general, what's it like being in season all three, you know, fall, winter, spring? Right.
2: I mean, I've been used to it just because I've been doing that since seventh grade, so it's kind of what I've always done so I'll be shocked to not have that next year (laughs) right yeah it's gonna be different yeah Yeah.
0: (laughs) and then um you know NESCAC's conference championships you know we we didn't have them for the first two years um and now we're we're back and so what's that you know how much are you looking forward to to competing against the rest of the conference here this weekend
2: um I'm excited I'm hoping to get some points I think coach is just trying to spread us out to see how many points he can get and so I think that's kind of why I'm in the 10k just because I think not many girls want to race that so if I could get a point, it could probably be in the 10K just because there'll be less competition, but higher chances for me to score more points. So.
0: Yeah, but as you said, like you you consider yourself a distance runner, so 10K, you're not too nervous about it then.
2: I'm not nervous. I'm just excited to see what I can do because I've never done it, don't really know what to expect, and so it'll be fun. <laughs> and
0: then for the cross-country group, kind of moving into track, what's that been like You know, indoor now into outdoor this season?
2: It's been good. Um, indoor... Indoor's my least favorite time. Just because I hate running inside, so I'm excited to be back like outside. Uh running outside. So <laughs> well,
0: what what about inside do you not like?
2: The air. It's oh. it feels trapped and mm. just running outside. Like I feel like it's better, like feels better. <laughs>
0: yeah, certainly. And then yeah. um you know, we talked in the fall a little bit at uh, Country had a great year. Obviously, you know, Jill Richardson continued her success as well, a fellow mm-hmm. senior, and so is she running the five K then this week? Yeah, she's
2: running the five K. Yeah. So I'm excited to see what she can do. I she probably could win it, so <laughs>
0: Yeah, that certainly fun
2: to watch her. <laughs> you
0: got to compete at Nescax last
2: year. Yeah, I did steeplechase last year.
0: Oh, steeplechase. Okay, yeah. that's such a unique event. Uh, do you do you enjoy doing that?
2: Yeah, I do love the steeplechase. I took a break from it this year uh, just to try to see what I could because I've never run the five k before last weekend, um, and then again this weekend. Um, so I was just trying something new this year. So
0: oh, so was this your? This your first ever 5K? Uh,
2: this past weekend was my second 5K. Second 5K. Yeah. Okay, yeah.
0: Well, I saw it was a personal record, so it was better yeah. than the first one. Yeah, it was <laughs> better
2: than the first one. <laughs> excellent, excellent.
0: And then, um, you know, obviously, w- were there different um, were there different uh, flights or was it all one?
2: One heat.
0: Yeah. Oh, just one. So you crossed the line first. You knew you'd won it. Yeah. Yeah. So I mean. W- what was that like, you know, kicking in there at the end when you you saw that you were in first and you had a chance to win there?
2: Yeah, I was just trying to get my time down. So I was really just pushing Mm. the clock. (laughs) Yeah. It
0: wasn't so much about the other runners.
2: Yeah, it was really just about getting my own time down and seeing what I could do.
0: Gotcha. Well, I guess I'm kind of looking forward, you know, do you have a New England time
2: yet? So I think I'm going to run the 5k in New England. Okay. So you got
0: 10k and then 5k.
2: Yeah. So it's going to be a lot of miles. (laughs) (laughs)
0: Certainly. And then, um, Looking forward to architecture school. I mean, that starts in the fall there at Yale?
2: Uh, I start this summer.
0: Oh, you start the summer, so no, no time wasted. Yeah, no time. I'm <laughs> just straight into it. <laughs> well, yeah, any other thoughts you wanted to share on this season and the team so far?
2: Um, I'm excited for uh, NESCACs and New Englands. Um, yeah, it's been a good season. I haven't raced that much this year um, just to, like, prepare for these past seasons just because I was kind of tired and indoors, so... It's been good to like get back on the track. So I'm excited. <laughs>
0: Excellent. All right. We're looking forward to the ten K here this weekend at the NESCAC Championships. Free to Kick thanks so much for joining us on the podcast. Thank you so much. The baseball team turned in a trio of impressive performances on their way to sweeping Skidmore in a three game series over the weekend. Senior captain catcher John Nowak hit 500 in the series for Bates, raising his average to .344 on the season, and he hit his first home run of the year. The Bobcats are 15 and 12 so far, with a big weekend series coming up against Bowden. And John Nowak is our male Bobcat of the week. Well, what a weekend series for Bates, sweeping, I think, a pretty good Skidmore team. I mean, John, what were some of your takeaways from the series and how you guys played?
3: Oh uh, yeah, I mean, I think. Skidmore was definitely, I mean, top to bottom, their lineup was really solid. I mean, and they also, they brought out some guys that could really pitch. Um, One of my buddies was on the other team, and he was telling me they had their number one guy was, uh, I think that that Friday, or the Saturday game that we played, uh, and he was solid. You know, it was definitely a good good Skidmore team, Um, and I think for us, Everything just worked, you know, like our our pitching was on and our hitting was on and everything. The defense was was solid as well. And I think um, we're seeing that with a lot of the other competition that we're playing is that the teams that do end up winning those games are the ones that top to bottom, like uh, pitching and hitting and defense. They can really just pull through and win that game.
0: For you personally, your first home run this the season, your your first since you were a first year here at Bates. Uh, to opposite field, also take us through the pitch, what you saw.
3: Uh, yeah, so I want to say there was a wild pitch or a pass ball, something to move Begain over because I want to say he walked. Uh, so then for some reason I was pulling the ball a lot this series, which I, I honestly haven't done much. Um, so what I was thinking was really just get, get the runner over, try and um, – more something hard on the ground to just get the over to third and do a job. Uh, and I just saw fastball middle away and honestly thought it was a pop-up, thought it was a fly-out, uh, but it ended up squeaking over, which was kind of cool.
0: Yeah, certainly. And then what was the reception like back in the dugout? Uh, it
3: was, they were pumped. Yeah. They were pumped for sure.
0: So being a you know, senior captain, being a catcher on top of that, what's that been like You know, from a leadership perspective for you?
3: Well, it's good. I've had a lot of people um, – helped me to get to where I am in the, in the leadership position. I mean, my, my family's been huge and, um, Bates alum, Jack Aaron has been huge. I've talked to him a bunch and he was a, I think he, he was a captain for his junior and senior year. And honestly, if I have any questions, I kind of go to those people and, and they've really helped me, um, in the decision-making and really like, um, understanding how to approach, uh, people differently uh, regarding a, a similar uh, problem or if we have to talk to the entire team how we're going to approach it in a certain situation so we can relay the message to everyone.
0: Yeah Jack Aaron you used to get on base a lot drawing a lot of walks you've been doing that this year you get hit by the pitch a few times also <laughs> that works right uh, take us through your approach to play and what's really been clicking all season.
3: Uh, so honestly it, it kind of all started uh, this summer it, it really um, I was down in the Hamptons league and um, I'll never forget. I had one game where I was really trying to focus on my me- mechanics, and I went, I think, over for 4 with 3Ks, and then after that, I turned to my buddy, and I was like, that's it. I'm just going to go up there and hit, and ended up doing pretty well down there, and I carried that approach um, into uh, this season, where it was just more C-ball, hit ball and Uh, It's really helped me uh, shorten up my swing, and the two-strike approach, I've been just getting up on the plate, which is why I've been getting hit so many times, and uh, to be honest, I've probably been hit at at least 20 times in practice just with the two-strike approach, but it's awesome, and Coach LaFlame has done a great job of working, like, uh, the correct approach and, like, different approaches for different guys and and how to really do a job and more that the at-bat starts before you get in the box, you know.
0: Yeah, you mentioned Coach LaFlame and John Martin in the Senior Day remarks jokingly talking about some of your stolen bases. You do have a few this year. I do. I do have a few. The team has a lot. It's a program record, over 100. Um, What's that approach like for you guys when you get on base?
3: Uh, I think I I love the idea of putting pressure on the other teams. I mean, you saw when we played Skidmore, I think I got, um, they tried to pick me off like nine times yeah, and you know I, I am not a quick dude at all and i turned to the first baseman i was like this is awesome you know like the fact that i am one of the slower guys on the team and they're picking me off that really shows that uh top to bottom they think we can run and in doing that in applying that pressure their minds somewhere else you know they should be focusing on if if i had not stolen those bases or if we had not stolen those bases that the pitcher is just thinking about the hitter but now um, with a bigger lead and with the more stolen bases, they're thinking about the, the base runners, which is awesome.
0: Now, being a catcher, I want to ask you about Sam Huff. Mm-hmm. Complete game. I kept thinking John Martin was going to take him out. Never did. Mm-hmm. Kept sending him back out there. From your perspective as a catcher, what was that like to see Sam pull that off?
3: Oh, uh, It was awesome. I mean, Sam is – I uh, him and I did the camp our – I think it was going into the summer – or the summer going into our senior year. Mm. Uh, we were both at the camp, and I actually caught him, and, and it was unbelievable. And then we played each other down in um, in high school down in Florida. And then him and I have just uh, – we've clicked behind the plate. Um, and he to see him do this well this year is unbelievable. I mean, I think the entire senior class, we've all seen ups and downs. And the fact that um, this is the way that our, our senior class is going, our senior season is going right now, is unbelievable, and I, I couldn't be happier.
0: Yeah, I know Sam would classified as a junior, so I know we're I, excited yeah. to have him back for another year too, yeah. right? <laughs> but I mean, that strikeout he got to in the eighth inning—I mean, you sprinted off. I thought you were so fired up. Take us through that at bat, maybe. Okay, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so
3: they had a pinch hitter. I—it yeah. was their leadoff hitter. Yeah. Um, so we started off first pitch slider. And right away, he, um, I want to say that was a it was a, a wild pitch. So then I was like, all right, like, let's just blow him up with fastballs. <laughs> you know, it's been working. We go fastball away, kid swings through it, and then fastball away again, and he takes it. And then I could just feel the energy, like, just boiling up where I'm like, all right, like, this is it. Um, this is going to be the pitch. And um, that last fastball was right on the black. And to see him... To see Sam fired up, to see the whole team fired up—I mean, that just—I haven't been that fired up in a while. It was awesome. So
0: you call your own game? I do. Nice. I do. What's that experience like? Because a lot of college coaches don't let their catchers call the game. Yeah.
3: I. So my freshman year, I um, struggled with adjusting to uh, pitch calling. Mm. Um, in high school, our coach would always call the games due to like our the pitching staff we had in high school was phenomenal, um, but. What I did during COVID was I did a lot of research. I would watch games and take down notes on on what they threw on certain pitches, tried to pick up sequencing, tried to see what they would do on on guys in the top of the order and guys at the bottom of the order, but it's difficult with pro guys. You know, like, everyone's got good stuff, and and top to bottom uh, lineup is, like, unbelievable. So what I ended up doing was uh, there's this guy, Robbie Rowland, who uh, on YouTube talks about pitch sequencing and, like, uh, tunneling. So I did as much research as I could on that during COVID and even like junior and senior year. And I, at times I do, um, struggle with, with knowing the right decision to make. Um, but I, I like to think that I just put down suggestions for the pitchers and if they're feeling it that, you know, they should, they should go with that pitch. Um, but it's really up to the pitchers, like what they want to
0: throw. So, I mean, we talked about Sam and what he was able to do in terms of, what were the discussions in the dugout like between innings? Were, were, were you in on that in terms of, you know, were there any doubt he was going back out there ever? <laughs> uh,
3: I want to say, so Sam works really quick. Yeah. Like, I mean, he's a great seven-inning guy because you're you're in and out. Yeah. I, I want to say the tough's game was like an hour and 15 minutes, <laughs> right. you know. Uh, so when someone's cruising like that, you kind of just got to let him let rock. Yeah. Um and then I want to say around like the eighth, uh, maybe seventh and eighth, when it got a little bit hairy, when he was missing with some fastballs up, um, I definitely would look over and, and see what the deal is with uh, Martin and LaFlame of, of what we're going to do. But the thing is, is that Sam has had four pitches that were working for him. So if his fastball's not working, we're just going to resort to that slider, or we're going to resort to the curveball or changeup. And with a guy like that, you can get away with um, one pitch not working and go into your other three pitches.
0: Great. So what are your thoughts on the Bowdoin series coming up? Obviously Bates needs to take two of three to get in the tournament.
3: Yeah. I mean, uh, it'll be pretty interesting. I I know this was a great series sweep for us to, um, to go right into Bowdoin. And I I know the boys are all fired up and ready to go.
0: You got Southern Maine also, which is always fun, right? Yeah. They're a good, a good test, I would say, right?
3: Yep. Yeah. Uh, I want to say they're they're doing pretty well in the Little East Conference Mm -hmm. right now, and they're always. I mean, they're always going to give Bates a tough time. Um, So I've only played them once Mm -hmm. uh, because of COVID and everything, but uh, I'm definitely excited to go down there um, and see what their program's like.
0: So take us back to when you were in high school. You mentioned coming to the camp. Sam being at the same camp. Um, What made Bates kind of appeal to you? What made you want to come here?
3: Uh, So. I'm originally from New York, and um, the other school that I was looking at was out in California. And to be honest, I'm not a big fan of of leaving home that that far away. So I found um, I had never been up to Maine before, and when I came up here, I I went through Portland. I went up to Acadia, and that was absolutely beautiful. And it was something where it just seemed like vacation. Looking at it now, it's definitely not, you know, school and everything. But it it definitely felt like vacation, and it, it was really fun.
0: Yeah, they call it vacation land, yeah, right? exactly. So, and then, obviously, you, we've touched on COVID a couple of times. But, you know, your first two years, certainly not as anyone would have planned. And so, I mean, it seems like this senior year, though, you guys have really come together. And uh, what's how gratifying has it been to, you know, finally get a, a season where you – it feels, feels like a lot of things are clicking.
3: Yeah, and like I said before, it's been a lot of ups and downs yeah. with our class. I mean – We've had, you know, Sam and Teddy moving back, you know, doing an extra year was unexpected, but it's still, you know, it's awesome that they're able to do that. Um, and I feel like everyone in our class has really just, we've come closer together through that, you know. And now we are, um, we're, we're those, those senior leaders, you know, whereas like our freshman year, I remember going down to Florida we, um, our class, like, texting each other, like, we're going to be the class. You know, we're going to be the guys that are going to do it. And now to see us as seniors really putting that together and uh, a lot of the hard work has been, you know, paying off, I think that's awesome. And it, it's something that I couldn't be any more
0: happier about. Yeah, so what was senior day like, you know, having your family there and everything?
3: It was awesome. So uh, my mom and my dad were able to make it up. My sister was at a uh, field hockey camp for uh, mm-hmm. Bentley and my brother's down at – um virginia tech for the rotc program down there so uh it was cool to see my mom and dad um come to the game and i think after this series they decided they were going to come up to the boating game as well just to keep the energy up you know
0: yeah definitely Bowden uh, this friday home game at three o'clock and then doubleheader at Bowden on saturday so john do you have thoughts on the season so far you wanted to share we haven't talked about yet
3: uh, nothing too much. I honestly, I was thinking about what to say. And I, that one thing I want to say is, um, thank you for all the work that you've put in, uh, to, you know, the athletic program in general. I, I, it does not go unnoticed, you know, like we always talk about the amount of the time and effort that you put into this program and it's unbelievable. And I want to thank you for that.
0: Well, thank you, John. And uh, thanks for a very entertaining season. That's, uh, uh, coming down to the wire here. Should be fun. Thanks a lot. Awesome. Thank you. It's time to catch up with Bates Rowing. The Bobcats have been gearing up for championship season with races against big programs such as the Radcliffe Lightweights on the women's side and the MIT Heavyweights this past weekend for the men. Early on, the men's second varsity eight has really stood out, sweeping the competition on the Molden River in Lake Quinsigamond two weeks ago and winning again, this time over the aforementioned engineers of MIT on the Charles River Basin last weekend. Sophomore Coxon Izzy Beck has been leading the way for the men's 2V, and she joins the Bobcast to give her insights on the season so far. Last time we had you on, I think you were Coxon of four, right? And now Coxon the second varsity eight. What's that transition kind of been like for you?
4: Yeah, the transition's actually been great. I mean, so in the fall at the head of the Charles, we only had the first varsity eight and then the varsity four. And so three of the guys who were in the varsity four with me in the fall, Charles Renville, Oliver Furmanek, and... Ben back are also in the second varsity eight with me, in addition to five other guys. And yeah, it's been great. We, we've been working really well together. And yeah, the eight's been going really well. I love being in an eight. I like to be able to see everything. So yeah, it's been really fun.
0: Yeah, it's a little bit different view than in a four, right?
4: <laughs> yeah, definitely. This time, instead of being um, all the way in the bow lying down, I'm actually in the stern. So if you're looking at the boat, it looks like I'm in the back. But actually, all the guys are facing me, and I'm steering, and I, I can see everything, and
0: it's great. Yeah. Excellent. And then, um, well, take us through this race this past weekend against MIT, or bright and early in the morning. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, you know, the MIT heavyweight, second varsity. How, take us through the race from your perspective. Got the victory there. Yeah, it was a really exciting
4: race. Um, it was, I think, our third time racing on the Basin this year on the Charles River. And the Basin's always really rocky. Mm. and We had wind going against the stream, so meaning that there were a bunch of waves just kind of going everywhere, and there's a bridge right in the middle of the race. So the first 1,000 meters is a 2,000-meter race. The first 1,000 meters um, was a lot smoother, and then the second 1,000 meters after the bridge was super rocky. And so we decided to really attack that first half of the race and just kind of stick with MIT as much as we could, really give them a challenge. And then in the second half, just go for it. And that was exactly what we did. I mean, we were pretty much stroke for stroke with them, uh, maybe about a seat or two back for the first whole half of the race. And then under the bridge, we took one seat on them. So we came through the bridge and our bow ball was finally ahead. And I said to the guys, okay, now's your time. Let's, Let's move away from them. And We just did that. We totally walked away and it was a really,
0: really fun race. And then take us back the previous weekend, a lot of racing. 2v went undefeated. Um, So obviously it's coming together quite well. But I mean, and that was against, you know, some opponents that you'll see uh, upcoming here too, right?
4: Yeah, yeah, definitely. So on Saturday, so last Saturday we raced against UMass in the morning and then we had a break and then we raced against. Wesleyan in the afternoon. And yeah, the UMass race was definitely a good um, a good chance for us to get our bearings, get used to the course. And then, yeah, so by the time we raced Wesleyan, we kind of knew what to expect with the wind and there's a slight turn in the course. So the guys kind of knew what to expect then. And yeah, that was also, we were we were stroke for stroke with them as well until about halfway through. And again, we just took off there. And that was so much fun. Um, and, yeah, Wesleyan is one of our big rivals, and so it was really fun to be able to get um, to
0: get that win. Yeah, so you mentioned, you know, Charles River Basin, Molden River also. You had Lake Quinsigamond there mixed in as well. Now, this week, finally... You're going to have a regatta on the home river, the Androscoggin River, the President's Cup regatta. Um, did you experience it last year? Right? No. So mm- I oh, actually okay.
4: didn't. Okay. Yeah, I had COVID last year. You
0: got, oh, so this will be your first President's Cup. Yeah. Okay. So, so I'm wow. really excited. Yeah. How excited are you to you know, get out there on the river and and where you train so much to actually have you know a race?
4: Yeah, I'm. I'm really excited. I love the Androscoggin. It's we are so lucky to have that river and. We put in the course last week, so we've been practicing with it a little bit um, with the buoys. That is, and yeah, that's been really fun. And I'm really excited to just show Colby and Bowden this is this is our domain now. You know, because in the in the fall we have a race at Colby on their river, and so it'll be it'll be nice to have to have our own home river. And from what I've heard, there's a lot of um, barbecues and a lot of people from the Bates community come out. So I'm just really excited to be able to share that with other members of the community.
0: So tell me a little about a special ceremony that's coming up with the men's rowing team, right?
4: Yeah, so we recently got a new shell for the men's team called the Ralph Sylvester. To my knowledge, Ralph Sylvester is a U.S. war veteran, and he was also an alum from Bates. He graduated in 1950, and we're having a ceremony this Saturday to christen the boat. And I'm super excited for that. The shell is beautiful. We have his name is on it with an American flag, which is awesome. Um, yeah, it looks really cool. And yeah, I've never I've never experienced a boat christening before. So I'm really excited to be able to celebrate that with the team. And then also, hopefully at some point in my Bates career, be able to row in the boat. Um, I wrote in it once in when we were on our training trip in Florida. And it was so nice. I, I loved it. So, so
0: it's a good, a good addition to the fleet for sure. Excellent. And then um, I think you talked about this the last time you were on, but for those who maybe didn't hear it, um, how did you end up coxing the men's team?
4: Yeah. So I actually started on the women's team when I was a freshman. I reached out to the coaches after I got into Bates and they just were more than welcoming. And so I spent all last year, fall and spring season on the women's team in the freshman, novice eight, and like the 4V. And then I was randomly one day, um, around now actually during short term, coach needed an extra coxswain for the men's 1V. And they were broken into fours. And he threw me in there and he said to me, Beck, is this going to be okay? And I was like, well, if I'm not scarred from it, then maybe I can do it again. And he goes, well, the real question is whether or not they're scarred. <laughs> and, and that was I thought that was a funny thing. But yeah, so I was in that this one for for one day. And after that, I just worked really well with the guys. And um, the current captain, Brennan Bates, asked me if I would want to be on the crew team on the men's crew team. And one of the captains last year, Stephen Sparks, also um, said the same thing. He thought that I would be a good fit with them, and then, yeah, eventually Coach Steenstra was like, hey, this might be a good thing for you. You should really consider it, and I did, and I'm really so, so happy to have um, switched to the men's side. Um, I mean, I, I, my best friends are on the women's team, and I'm really close with all of the women, but I'm, I'm really happy to be a member of... Um, Of the men's team i just feel like we've been working really well together and i'm yeah i'm happy with how the
0: season's been going and yeah i'm really excited for what's to come yeah i noticed the coxswain's you work a lot with video um i'm getting these notifications now on the shared folder (laughs) constantly uploading videos so what how do you use that video to help your crews get better
4: yeah so it's a really unique sport in that The only way for the boat to be working as efficiently as possible is if everyone is doing the exact same motion. And so the way that we use the video is we can look at each um, rower's motions while they're rowing, their technique with their bodies, and we can point out what's going well and what can be improved. And then from there, we can also look at how the whole boat is running as just one cohesive unit. And... So we can look at that video on land and then apply it to the way that we're coaching as coxswains and then also how the co- the coaches are coaching on the water. And it gives the rowers a better understanding of what needs to be fixed. And also the coxswains a better understanding because we can see a lot of what's happening with the oars from our perspective, but we can't see the body positioning. And so it's really helpful to be able to see the coach's perspective of how the guy's are rowing, how they're following each other, maybe if I'm noticing that something's wrong with someone's blade, I can figure it out, I can figure out why that's happening with their bodies, and yeah, it just gives us a better, it's a better way of coaching and making the boat um, a more cohesive unit.
0: Excellent, well I know just kind of looking forward um, to the rest of the season here, um, I know IRAs has a new format where the one V can race in the D three race, and the two V yep. actually enters in like the open <laughs> one and against like you know the bigger schools, right?
4: Well, actually, okay,
0: take us through different now. <laughs> so
4: I just learned this last week. Okay, but apparently this year the two V has its own D three category. There will be okay, okay. That's apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I I'm definitely not a coach. I'm I'm not getting all that information. But that's what I've heard. So we at IRAs, if we are lucky enough to qualify, we might only be racing other D three schools. Mm.
0: So it's a chance, though. I mean, in in that terms, to to win, <laughs> right? I mean, that's the goal. Yeah, you're, not, you're not facing like Cal or something, so. right? Yeah,
4: yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's the thing. I mean, that's all obviously a really awesome experience, but to be able to have the chance to medal mm. or even win it is really that's a really exciting thing, especially for a second eight, you know?
0: Yeah. Well, we have a lot to before that, of course. We've got the <laughs> President's course. Cup this Sunday. We'll have New England's after that, NIRCs, So a lot on the plate, but a great start to the year, especially for the men's second varsity eight. Izzy Beck, thanks so much for joining the Bobcast.
4: Yeah, thanks for having me, Aaron. Always, always a pleasure. <laughs>
0: this Saturday and Sunday at Martindale Country Club, Bates will host the NESCAC Men's Golf Championship for the first time. Director of Men's Golf, Brendan Croto, joins the Bobcast to give us a preview.
5: We're really excited to host and have the you know the home course advantage. Although you know this past weekend where the tournament cut short at Taconic, but you know with with our new with our new equipment inside, I think the guys are really ready ready to go. And it's the first time uh, ever Bates is hosted, and to be able to to play a course that we've seen hundreds of times, it, it's a really it's a really helpful advantage. And um, guys are super excited, and to get you know maybe some students there, and some some faculty and staff, and friends and family. I think. Um, it's gonna come together really nicely, and the guys are the guys are ready to go,
0: yeah, certainly. well, tell us a little bit about some of the guys on the team who you expect to you know compete this weekend. um I know Evan Glicos is back um and uh tell us a little bit about maybe him and some others,
5: yeah, absolutely you know we have a good we have a good junior class um evan's back uh paul's back, john's there, uh, a couple good sophomores as well, and henry who's who's one of our one of our strong freshmen. Um, he'll most likely be on the roster this weekend. Um, so we got a good kind of veteran core that, that's going to lead the way this weekend um, with, with Evan, Paul, and John. Um, but, yeah, I mean, like I've said, you know, Evan grew up playing Martindale, which, which is a big help. Um, you know, so, so he's played the course uh, hundreds and hundreds of times. Um, so for him to be able to go back to his home course, kind of where he grew up playing, I think is going to be really helpful you know, just for him to, to be able to play there and you know, with Paul and John and you know, just guys who've been on the team for about three years or so. Having a good veteran presence will, will really help us this weekend. And along with a good with a good underclassman uh presence as well with with Will and um and Henry just being at the tail end of it but, you know, always putting up good strong numbers and they've had a really good spring season and so I'm really confident in all their abilities.
0: Yeah, what well, how valuable are these spring tournaments um to prepare for Nescax?
5: Yeah, you know, they're really valuable, you know, we we travel, so uh, two weeks ago we were down at Trinity College, Uh, we played their their invitational, and um, we were just at Williams, so to be able to go and travel to a little bit nicer climate and play is is nice to get them outside, you know, as short as our spring season is, it's tough to get, you know, the repetitions outside, Um, but with, with Martindale being open, they opened last Friday, which gives us really a full week to prepare. But, I mean, we've been hitting balls, and um, with our spring um, our spring trip, which was back in March, they've been outside since then. So, really, I, I think everyone's ready to go, and um, I think being at home really steps it up a level to where, like, they're they're excited, and, you know, the jitters, and, and so, um, yeah, I, I think we're ready to go.
0: Yeah, certainly, at Martindale Country Club, just maybe break down the course for us. What are some key holes, what are some things we should know about it, you know, leading into the tournament here?
5: Yeah, absolutely. So... Well, one of the things about Martindale is it's a unique golf course, and it's very—it's not overly long, but it's tricky. Um, the greens are undulated very differently, and some of the fairways and shots are blind, so you don't really know what, what you're seeing going in, or you don't have a good sight going into it, so it can be a little a little difficult. And, um, But overall, it's a really good layout. Um, like I said, not overly long. Um, I think some of the teams are going to have trouble with our greens just because they're different and without seeing it prior you know, just looking at a putt, you, th- you think it's going, you know, left to right. But really, with just the way it's undulated, it, it goes the opposite way or it goes away way you, you don't expect. So um, the the trickiness of the golf course, I think, will only be in our advantage. Um, but with, you know, the length, too, our guys are plenty long and we have really good short game on the team. So, um, And, yeah, it's a good place to host, too. I mean, there's a nice clubhouse there um and there's some really good finishing holes and you know the 10th hole's really nice where you can be sitting on the back patio at martindale and you can see the shot um, going down to 10 and along with the first hole so i think it's a really good venue to host and i think we're gonna have a really good time this weekend
0: hilly also right very hilly yeah. yes <laughs>
5: so you know um you know the first hole is straight uphill really the whole front nine is on on a on top of a hill and then the ninth hole comes back down Um, But yeah, pretty hilly golf course. So, you know, that obviously changes the distance of how far you hit the ball and everything. Um, So tricky, not long, but but very tricky for sure.
0: Excellent. And then, you know, you mentioned Evan Glicos having played the course kind of growing up and hundreds of times, and so have you talked to him about you know this opportunity in terms of what he could possibly do this weekend?
5: Yeah, absolutely. And I, and the thing is, I don't want to really put a, you know a lot of pressure on him, and be like, oh, sure. this is your home course, this is it. you know, but just really reminding him, say, hey, Evan, I mean, you could play this place you know blindfolded yeah. <laughs> and go around and 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 do really well and, and a lot and a lot better than most um, just because growing up on it. So I think he's really excited, but I really just want to kind of encourage him, just it just another golf tournament and just you know just prepare yourself the best you can and, and do everything you can possible to to play your best so um he's excited he's aware and um just having that advantage of being there and you know his, his parents group have uh they they're they own it so you know he kind of grew up playing it yeah, they so. quite literally own the course yeah, yeah. they <laughs> literally own it. So. <laughs> but yeah no so like i said we're we're all excited and um you know it kind of brings us back to the past fall in the spring when we had the cbb and mm-hmm. kind of we had a really good crowd there of parents and and faculty and staff and and uh just people who wanted to go watch golf and so just to have that crowd and us be able to win the cbb we're kind of trying to you know emulate that energy in, into this into this weekend
0: Terrific. Well, what are your thoughts you wanted to share on the NESCAC championships and, uh, you know, being a, a young head coach here and getting a chance to host?
5: Yeah, no, I'm really excited. Uh, we're, uh, You know, as Bates, we're excited to put on a really good show for everybody. Um, I know that there, there'll be a decent amount of, of you know, um, fans and students and stuff like that. So just we're really excited to put on a really good tournament and, um, you know, represent Bates really well and, um, yeah, ready to do it.
0: And for those who can't make it, we encourage you to come out to Martindale. If you can't make it, we will. Hopefully, we're planning on streaming the ninth hole live. That's a par three that comes back down towards the clubhouse. So hopefully you'll be able to see that, a good view from uh, tee to Green there. So looking forward to Nescax this weekend. Again, it's Saturday and Sunday at Martindale Country Club. Thanks for previewing with us.
5: Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it.
0: The Bates men's tennis team qualified for the NESCAC championships as the seventh seed, and the Bobcats head to Middlebury to take on Bowdoin in the quarterfinals this Friday. Plus, in women's golf, first-year Ruby Haylock will compete as an individual at the NESCAC championships this weekend. Yes, championship season has begun, and we have it all covered every Tuesday on the Bates Bobcast.